Welcome to Clearly KC, a podcast produced by the National Keratoconus Foundation, featuring information about life with keratoconus. I am your host, Dr. Melissa Barnett. Today's episode is about living with keratoconus. I am thrilled to introduce you to Jeff, who was diagnosed with keratoconus in 2007. After receiving his BA in government from Harvard, Jeff went on to build multiple tech startups in Silicon Valley in London and has since held vice president's roles at Visa and Fidelity Investments. Jeff is now active in the eye industry, advocating for patients with keratoconus under the social media name Jeff Scleral, and will soon be launching an online resource called Scleral Life to help better connect patients and doctors. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Dr. Barnett. Thank you so much for being here. I have heard your story, which is why I invited you on this episode of Clearly KC, but I'd like you to please share your journey about when you were diagnosed with keratoconus. Yeah, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share. It's obviously been a very personal one. It really started for me about age 25, and I was traveling from Boston to California to join my friend, my classmate from college, to start this tech company in Silicon Valley. It was right at the start of Facebook. It was an exciting time to be out there. And so I drove my car across the country, and I managed to do that. But when I pulled into California, this is before iPhones and Google Maps, I had a lot of trouble driving and reading the highway signs in California in time to make the exit. And I said, I think something's going on, so I better update my contact lenses. I've been wearing soft contact starting uh, freshman year of college. And so we had insurance with Kaiser Permanente, a big medical group in Northern California. I went into the office and I noticed that, you know, in your normal eye exam, I was struggling. The optometrist said, I, I think this is good as we can correct you. And I said, what do you mean? I, I really can't read the letters yet. And he said... I'll never forget it. I think you have keratoconus. And he provided a short overview. But what I really remember is not hearing much of what happened after that, but getting home to my desk in the office and Googling keratoconus and seeing a picture of a very pointy cornea. It was scary because I read degenerative eye disease potentially resulting in corneal transplant. And uh, I didn't really know what to do. I started meeting with more doctors in the Kaiser system to determine if I had it. And I spent about a year trying all sorts of options. First was to update my glasses. The second was to try soft toric contact lenses for extreme astigmatism. And those weren't working because they would rotate on my eye and go blurry. And so then it was, let's try rigid gas permeable lenses. I struggled with those. And eventually I sort of gave up. You know, I sort of tried all the options and I'll share something that I pulled up in advance of this discussion, but I actually found my medical records and it, it included some of the exchanges with doctors. And it was, it's kind of hard for me to read, you know, nearly 15 years later, but I had written in 2008, I have to figure out a better solution to my vision problem because my quality of life is definitely suffering I can't wear hard contacts past a few hours. I have no fallback for the remaining hours of the day. Driving at night is dangerous. And I find myself avoiding most vision-related activities once I take out my lenses, you know, thanks for your support. And I think that was a really hard thing to deal with. I was sort of living alone for the first time away from my family in Boston. 
processing all of the excitement and struggles of doing a startup and also realizing that I was really having a hard time seeing, doing activities and seeing the computer. So that was really my introduction to keratoconus and, and learning to live with it. What was the response to that message? Well, one first debated whether or not I had keratoconus. And as you know, I've since sort of attended a lot of eye conferences to learn more about KC detection. And obviously today, I think we're better equipped in picking it up earlier. But at that time, there was sort of debate um, over whether or not I just had an extreme astigmatism or was in fact developing something like keratoconus. I didn't really think of myself as being an eye rubber that would sort of indicate it. Um, but I basically bounced around different professionals and my way of handling it at a certain point was to convince my startup friend, CEO, to let me move to Europe so I could start our international operation. But in the backdrop of that was the fact that I didn't want to drive anymore. I wanted to live in a city where I wouldn't have to drive. And so I just got the best glasses prescription I could. I got the best soft contacts that I could. And I lived the next seven years just really, I would say that after a year of trying options, I just thought that was it. And I just accepted my situation and got by the best I could. What's interesting is I was living both the most exciting time of my life, living in Europe, traveling to different countries for work, meeting all different people from different cultures. And at the same time, I just didn't see well. I would wear my glasses and rotate them on my nose to really see emails well. And I would put in soft contacts at night, but I would constantly cover an eye just to figure out which of my soft toric lenses was out of focus. And I was hoping I could blink it back into place before anyone noticed. And I did try to go to an eye doctor or two in London. I saw Moorfield's Eye Hospital. Um, but again, it was more of the same glasses tweaking and soft contacts at the time. And that was really my existence for the first period of keratoconus. Tell the listeners what happened next. Well, it's interesting, and I think this is my biggest message, is that I've learned not to sort of accept that those are all the options and to better educate myself. And what ended up happening is I came back to Boston, and I was visiting a family, and I thought, you know, let me just try to see an eye doctor while I'm back in the States. And I used Yelp, and there was a doctor in Boston whose Yelp review included keratoconus. And I decided to see this person, Dr. Curtis Frank. And he said to me, um, have you ever tried scleral lenses? And I said, no, what's that? He said, well, they're hard custom lenses that are going to vault over your pointy cornea and they're going to create a new ocular surface. And I, he goes, I really think you're going to see well out of these. Um, they are expensive. They're custom designed. You know, here's the price it will take to do and actually have insurance in the U.S. So it was out of pocket. But I needed hope at that point. So I swiped my credit card. You know, we were still a struggling tech startup. We weren't all paid very well. And what happened was a miracle. Um, the lenses arrived, we put them in, and I saw for the first time, and I remember like I actually am getting right now, I got emotional because I could see detail for the first time in nearly a decade. And I walked out of the office and I looked across the street. It was the intersection of Federal and High in downtown Boston. And I read the street sign across the street. And I thought of all the times that I'd be driving in the city and not really sure if that was the right place I was turning. And I saw details in the bricks and I saw details in faces. And that day I drove out to Waltham where my parents live and I I looked at them and I said, I, I can see your face. I can see all the detail. My mom was embarrassed because she thought, oh, I probably look old right now. But for me, it was a miracle. And 
I truly regained my life in 2013 when I got scleral contact lenses. I'm very appreciative of that moment. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Following your journey and all the research that you've done over all these years, what is something you wish everyone knew about living with keratoconus? Well, I think the first thing now, and you mentioned research, and I'm a pretty well-read patient at this point, but you know, you think of this Well, you start with someone telling you you have a disease, and that's a very upsetting moment. You could have just gone in for a routine eye exam, and you walk out, and someone says you have a disease. I actually am trying to record a little message that maybe could be played for patients that experience that for the first time. I was talking to some optometrists at Warby Parker, but basically my message is this is not the worst thing in the world. The most important thing is that someone, you know, a professional has caught something, And now, you know, in 2023, there's something you can do about the progression. You have the option of getting corneal cross-linking as a procedure to halt, you know, the deformity of the cornea for whatever reason it's being caused. And then at that point, if you're dealing with progression, you now have the option of, of figuring out which option of glasses, custom contact lenses, even custom, I suppose, soft contact lenses that you can try And you can actually even find doctors like yourself that specialize in the full portfolio of those options and recognize that step one, figure out how to to halt the disease or track progression. And step two is let's try to make you see the best way you can. And if you put those two things together, you can live a pretty normal life. You know, I, I won't say that scleral lenses are the easiest thing to deal with all the time. Clean them at night. You take care of them. There's daily challenges. But I don't mind it because of what I get back in the way that I see. It's upsetting. It affects people in different ways. But I think that you need to know that there are options. You just need to make sure you're seeking out the professionals that can find or deliver those options to you. You know, Don't give up hope with just trying one option and having it not work out. Those are excellent points. And NKCF also is a great resource for keratoconus in all sorts of aspects. Well, that, that was the starting point for me. I do think that, you know, if you Google keratoconus, you're going to find NKCF and then, you know, you sort of get the Google pamphlet or digital pamphlet about understanding that and recognizing that you're not the first person that has ever been identified with this particular eye condition And that's a good thing. That means that there's awareness and people are sort of working on solutions. Great points there. In your life and in maybe other people's lives as well, what is your number one tip for managing keratoconus? I think that I touched on this earlier. I will say that I have not had cross-linking done. And that's because I was diagnosed mid-20s, and at that time, that really wasn't a thing. And so as I reached my mid-30s, and I'm now in my early 40s, fortunately have had stable corneas. And so I still even question with all I know now, you know, is that something to still consider cross-linking? But, you know, the first thing about managing is to understand progression, where you are at with that. I think that's the most important thing. You have a baseline of where your eyes are, and who do you need to work with to figure out what's happening over time? And then really consider the kind of the only option for dealing with progression, which would be the cross-linking procedure. 
But then after that, it's all about, well, how, how can I see in a way that lets me live the life that I want to live? Sclerals aren't for everyone, but I would really move them to the top of the list now that I've discovered them. And so, you know, the tip is manage and the second tip is perhaps sclerals, but I think it's more important finding someone who can work with you to try all the options and really know that you're trying all the options that are out there. I think that's how I would think about the best way to deal with the disease so that it's not dominating you in a way that, uh, you know, causes you to be upset or even depressed at times, which I was. I think that those are excellent points. It's important to have a practitioner who really understands keratoconus and understands all of the various aspects of keratoconus. And as far as contact lens options, there are multiple options. There are soft lenses, there are rigid lenses, there are hybrid lenses, there are scleral lenses. And just because you start with one option doesn't mean you have to stay there. You can definitely go to another option. And so I think having this open conversation, and this is just one aspect of keratoconus that we're talking about, but as people develop cataracts and need cataract surgery, for example, and have keratoconus, that's another thing we're going to cover in the future episode of Clearly KC, but it's something that we talk about all of the time in practice. Absolutely. I mean, of course, also matching the solution to the stage in life you're at and you know each solution comes with its pros and cons and i think that like you said before just to reiterate the importance of working with someone that will expose you to all the options and have the patience to try all these options with you is really important you might find someone who specializes in one particular option but it's important to have that conversation and say what else can i try if that's not suiting you and i think for me if i go back to just being young and being in my mid twenties and not really having the courage of that voice to say, okay, you know, let me start trying other people. If I'm not getting what I want, I didn't really know how to handle it. So I just sort of froze where I'm at. And so going back when you, if you are listening to this and you've just been told that you have keratoconus, don't freeze where you're at. Book that appointment with the specialist, hear what they have to say, consider a second opinion. And I think that's my most important message of how I might speak to my younger self again with all that I know now. Great advice. So there's so many different aspects of keratoconus. What is an aspect that people rarely talk about? Realize that I never met another person with keratoconus for quite some time. You go see your eye doctor, you know, they deal with you and your keratoconus. You don't necessarily get introduced around the waiting room to six other people who are there with keratoconus struggling as well. And I might touch on this later, but that's something that I think is important and want to create is that sense of community. And so I think you tend to feel alone because it's not a problem that comes up all the time in your day-to-day -day life where you're running into people who might like the same sports team as you. you know, so there's more common variables that connect people. It's not necessarily keratoconus or scleral lenses. So I think the first thing I would say is that it's not talked about how important it is to maybe find someone who also understands what you're going through. In the last few years, there's been an emergence of book groups related to keratoconus or lenses like sclerals, and I think those can be helpful to help people not feel alone. And then I think the other thing I would just add to that is that it's really hard to explain to other people how you actually see the world when you have keratoconus. It's not just like poor vision. It's like frustrating poor vision. It's a slight blur at any distance. 
and you know it could be better because you might remember a time when you saw clearly. And so I think that people just assume, oh, you have an eye problem and that's the end of it. And I don't see well. And I also wear glasses or I wear contacts. But it's just, I think, a, a little bit more frustrating even for the keratoconus patient. And you don't always get to express that fully, even friends and fam. What actually are you going through? It's not something they can look at you and see, oh, you have a broken arm and I know what that's like. It's just you look at you, you see eyes and you assume, well, you're functioning. You must be functioning fine. And I really wasn't functioning fine. I think that just wasn't really an open discussion I had with a lot of people. That's a, that's a great point. And fortunately, there are so many options for a community. And going back again to NKCF, I mean, there are options locally, there are options globally, there are options online to meet others. I know that's been really helpful for my patients and my practice. Absolutely. And I think we live in a great time period where those connections are easier than ever. I mean, there are people and, you know, myself included that are attempting to share their journey more so on Instagram or even TikTok and build community that way. There are the Facebook forums and there are the groups that you mentioned now. And I think when this started for me, and maybe I were there and I just couldn't find them, it just didn't seem like that there were as many of those that I could connect with back in 2000 seven when this was officially kind of started for me. But hopefully there's more awareness of keratoconus. And I think there is in general, but we still have an opportunity to bring even more awareness just to the general community about keratoconus. Absolutely. Jeff, I have one final question for you. This might be a little bit of a tricky one, but if you could invent something to help with keratoconus, what would it be? I actually wish I could, uh, maybe you know the answer to this, Doctor. Give someone a pair of glasses so they could absolutely understand what my vision's like with keratoconus. I love that relatability. That doesn't necessarily help solve the problem, and maybe that's what you're looking for, but I think just, uh, I've seen artwork or sort of sometimes funny memes that are posted around what life is like with keratoconus. And I really relate to that. That helps sort of the general public relate to it and understand it, which not only goes into having more empathy for those folks that have keratoconus, but also probably raising awareness for what you might be able to do yourself to make sure you don't necessarily develop the disease, particularly if you know that link is from rubbing your eyes aggressively and potentially you know, triggering and causing the disease itself. So I think just starting with, oh, that's what it's like to have keratoconus. If I look through these special glasses, you'd have that higher understanding. Do you have a thought on that? Is that, do those glasses exist already? There are some visuals that we can use to hold, say, over the eye. You could Mm -hmm. make a pair of glasses to illustrate what you see uncorrected with Casey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would just be a tool that I think I wish I had to, as I was starting explaining to friends and family what I was going through. And uh, that's why I think of, of that as the answer to your question. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for all of your helpful insights and best of luck in scleral life. I know that I'm following it and really excited where that's going. And thank you all for joining us today on Clearly KC. Please subscribe to the Clearly KC podcast on your favorite podcast app and join us next time. Have a great day.